I mean, honestly, man, this world right now, the way it is and the way that they're treating police officers, I was so sick of hearing the media talk bad about these people who are under stress all the time, under situations where people were attacking them. And the media just downplays the importance of law enforcement. They almost make the uh, suspects like the important people and, you know, all in. And I thought, man, I want to create a culture. You know, I wanted to make a place where they felt welcome. And uh, when I saw what he could do and I saw how people uh, could be from the couch, 50 year old or maybe somebody who's uh, a police officer who is completely out of shape, which I see all the time in the martial arts uh, arena. You know, and I thought, man, I want to change people's lives. And I was getting out of corporate America and I was looking to become an entrepreneur. And I was like, man, let's, let's do something really big. Um, you know, so when, when I had to deal with the law enforcement guys on the mats, um, I want to set them up for success. But at the same time, I want to put them to make them understand that, um, you know, a regular person on the street, they're going to be able to beat. Two of our law enforcement guys yesterday under with Master Machado and our first blue belts in the gym. This just shows you how much law enforcement and uh, the first responders are important to our gym. They got their blue belts under Master Machado yesterday and it's the first ones ever in my academy. You're listening to the ATO Bridging the Divide podcast, brought to you by the Assist the Officer Foundation. Since 1999, the ATO has given assistance to the first responder community, and now we want to give them a platform to hear their incredible stories. We also want to hear the stories of the many people that support us. Our community is small, but it is strong. We have differences. We don't always agree and we all make mistakes. But together we can grow, we can heal. And we can learn from those mistakes. And together we can bridge the divide. Welcome back, ATL listeners. I'm Joe King. I'm with the amazing Misty Van Curen and the very beautiful Kristen Green. Today, the Assisi Officer Foundation sits down with one of the co-owners of a gym that truly supports our first responders and military. This gym opened on March 12, 2020, the same day the NBA and NHL suspended their seasons. Nine days later, the governor locked down the state of Texas for COVID. Seven weeks later, really like most other businesses, they reopened the doors. They signed over 40 people that first day. They survived the lockdown. When a lot of businesses and gyms had to fold, they persisted. They wanted to be unique. They wanted it to be family. They want to welcome those who protect others. Walking into this gym, you immediately see the many flags hanging that show support. You see members wearing workout shirts from DPD SWAT, Salina PD, Grand Prairie Fire Department, Fate PD, Rockwall PD, the list of people representing goes on and on. This is the story of this gym's origins, its mission, and its future of fitness. 
This is Legends Fit. And here to tell the story is one of the co-owners, Aaron Connor, a second-degree brown belt of Brazilian jiu-jitsu under Master Carlos Machado. He spent 22 years at L3 Communications. He was the VP Chief Information Officer and Corporate Senior Director from 1997 to 2019. He's also a United States Air Force vet from 90 to 94. It is my great honor to welcome on Aaron Connor. Aaron, welcome. Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Before we dive into this, I want to give some quick facts about Legends Fit. The gym is located on I-30, just east of John King, on the Southbound Service Road in Rockwall. The other owners are Chip Kelly, son of Air Force vet, and TJ is also a Navy vet. Legends Fit has over 17 active members, 1,700 active members, sorry, with over 400 first responders and active military. This gym gives deep discounts to active first responders and military. This is a welcoming haven for all people, big, small, extremely fit, bodybuilders, works in progress, cops, firemen, and all branches of military. When you walk into the door, you immediately feel it's a serious gym and caters to those who are just starting their fitness journey and also women and men prepping for a show. Aaron, thank you. Thank you for all your support you give us. You're very welcome. We're glad to have you guys. All right. I'm going to go ahead and dive into this. You're in the Air Force, right? How long did you serve? Um, I was in for four years, uh, 1990 to 94, so the first Gulf War. Um, I was actually, I worked on F-15s, CD models. I was an electrical environmental system specialist, and uh, I also was in uh, Nellis Air Force Base in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I worked on the F-4G Wild Weasel um, that were still flying sorties over in Iraq and basically saw them retire, and I, I left and went into defense contractor so wow yeah your mma background i want to get into that when did you start that um well i mean i i actually started back before the ufc and everything i started doing like karate and taekwondo and sadokan in the military uh i actually my first uh, real thing was under Fusei Kise, which is a Okinawan master red belt in Okinawa. While I was stationed there at Kadena, I was there two years training with him. So that was sort of my first real uh, introduction. Uh, but I actually went under Carlos Machado in uh, in the late 90s. Um, and it was right after the UFC started booming and Hoist Gracie uh, made his debut uh, mm-hmm. in the UFC. Carlos Machado is the nephew of Carlos Gracie Jr. And so he, the lineage that I'm under is, you know, just basically Helio Gracie, Carlos Gracie, um, and then Carlos Machado, all the cousins all trained together in Brazil when Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was being founded. Basically, either the founder, the forefathers of, of that's right yeah that's impressive and 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 tell the listener uh who was just here yesterday yeah so it's such a great uh probably a dream come true for me um having master machado carlos machado come to our gym um and actually do a seminar here at legends fit and we're a small school but it, it was so amazing to have him here it was, it was a dream come true for me yeah i've seen the pictures it's him help you show me a, a, a incredible picture with him schooling a young girl and her sitting there in in style just just 
riveted what, what he was telling her I, watching him with the kids and like watching this little girl i, I was i was telling misty about this yeah. earlier like watching her attention to detail and her intensity and just desire to be good at jujitsu but to watch carlos care so much for her and her jujitsu journey it was really inspiring to me i i had i saw that picture and i was like man if i if i had to explain who master machado was he's the most humble uh, in fact, his logo is "Stay Humble." Uh, you know, so that that was pretty amazing yesterday. Stay humble. Yeah. When I've been trying to get you on for quite a while since we we started this, Misty and I, we've wanted to get a true first responder gym owner on, and this is the perfect the perfect setting. And this gym was a perfect gym to represent what we're looking for. Yeah, walking in here, you, it feels like a station gym or a firehouse gym. It feels cozy and 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 you're inspired and like you instantly want to work out. And so that has that great feel you've established. It's obvious. I mean, this is the first time I walked in here and I was like, oh, this is this is a great feel. We wanted to make it unique compared to you know like if you look around all the box gyms, you got these corporate America who's really trying to <laughs> yeah. make big money off people or you know, they don't care whether people come to the gym or not. You know, you got uh, Planet Fitness or whatever, like $10 a month. They don't care. They want to just get your money and collect it every month. We actually want our members to come in here and transform. When you got with TJ and Chip, what was your original vision for, for this gym when you started it up? So uh, TJ had originally started what was called Legends Gym in Rockwall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bitty hardcore gym uh, off a of yellow jacket near the courthouse. And, um, we, uh, I saw just his passion for, and, and what he could do as far as transforming per- people and even myself. Um, and from, I went from like a dad bod to, uh, a, I did my first, <laughs> you know, I, I did have my first bodybuilding show, uh, you know, and, and honestly I did it because I was like, you know, who are some of the best in the world shape people, you mm-hmm. know, bodybuilders. So yeah. I went in there and I got, I always like to go with the best, like Carlos right. uh, and TJ is one of the best trainers out there. And uh, when I saw what he could do and I saw how people uh, could be from the couch, 50 year old, or maybe somebody who's uh, a police officer who are completely out of shape, which I see all the time in the martial arts uh, arena, you know, and I thought, man, I want to change people's lives. You know, I want to, and, and so I told, and I was getting out of corporate America and I was looking to become an entrepreneur and I was like, man, let's, let's do something really big. Um, All of y'all have a, have somebody that's related to them or have been in active military or that, you know, somebody that's a first responder. Why was it so important to have that feel and welcome in first responders and military? I mean, honestly, man, this world right now, the way it is and the way that they're treating police officers, um, on the street. Um, I just, I was so sick of the, hearing the media, uh, talk bad about th- these people who are under stress all the time, uh, like a- under situations where people were attacking them or, uh, you know, and the media just downplays the importance of law enforcement. Uh, they almost make the, the, uh, suspects like the important people and, you know, all in, and I thought, man, I want to create a culture and especially in Rockwall, we're, we're a great uh, County to be able to do this, but you know, I wanted to make a place where they felt welcome that they could come in. We, we even made it a 24 hour gym. So the first responders could come in in the middle of the night and work out. Like we wanted a place where they felt at home, 
Um, and then they could, you know, and then they have serious jobs. So not only do we provide martial arts for them, but we also provide a pretty cool workout facility for them to come lift as well. Yeah, this is, there's community here and part of first responders, that's part of their healing process. A lot of them is their workouts. And I think it, it combines the community. So tell our listeners what's different about your gym, because it's hard to explain, but there, the different rooms and the fields and the different yeah. pieces of equipment. Okay, yeah, yeah. so, so I, I'm pretty excited about this because when we came here, this place was a warehouse, and it was a soap factory, and it, was, <laughs> it, it literally had soap caked on the floor. Uh, that we had to get, it was, it was crazy. And, but we had this vision um, and I had gone to a couple of pretty cool gyms in like Florida and Arizona. And I had this vision of the, where you, you walk into the different rooms and it's kind of like an experience. Um, And so when we, when we developed this, we came up with the idea of, uh, so the front room, we call it business. And in the back room, we call it the party. So it's business yeah. in the front yeah. and party in the back. It's like the mullet of the gym. Yeah. That's it. So it we, really is too. Yeah. So we, we, we literally put like, we painted the front room blue, like a, a blue theme. And then the back room was red, which goes with our colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but the back room we called the jungle. And, and that's where all the hardcore stuff happens. Um, yeah. And we have, we, I was telling you guys this earlier we put windows in between so that the people in the front in the in the business area could look in and watch the animals in the jungle yeah. working like out. once you graduate to this room then you can get over here and <laughs> that's join right us. yeah for example we have 70 we go up to about 75 pound dumbbells in the front room yeah but you go into the back room we go up to 150 pound dumbbells <laughs> yeah um, is that your warm-up that's that your warm- yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the the cool thing is is we have uh, equipment like, you know, uh, the arsenal equipment um, that is really unique. You can't find at a box gym. Most of the box gyms, they just throw in, you know, the basic stuff. This, you know, we have like a vertical leg press where you're laying flat on your back. I've never seen that machine in my life. That's an incredible machine. And, and so if you can't, you can, you know, you can really kill yourself on a leg day here. Yeah. Like the hack squat machine, if you look at it, it's an arsenal machine. It's reverse hacks and, uh, and, for, and you can put some serious amount of weight on those. Um, even the stuff for the women, like, uh, you know, we have a lot of glute, like different glute machines, uh, hip thrust machines, pressing back with the legs, uh, you know, even uh, a reverse hyper, which for all of us as we're getting older, the reverse <laughs> hyper for the lower back and no. hamstrings, like it's a really cool little piece of equipment. And you guys are always getting new equipment in here. So you don't just kind of have equipment that you keep and it kind of gets old. You guys maintain it pretty well. And then you're always getting new equipment in here. Yeah, we're, it, I mean, that's probably the biggest part of running a gym is like trying to keep the equipment up and nice. But at the same time, you know, we do these, like the, everybody has these fees for gyms where it's supposed to be up grading equipment well we mm. take that very serious and so like recently we got four or five new pieces of cardio equipment um but yeah we're and we all vote or we ask the members like hey what equipment would you like to see in the gym so like the reverse hyper or the debt of the uh power lifters in the gym all wanted that reverse hyper because it makes their deadlifts get stronger so mm. you know we we kind of take the influence of the the members to go out and find out what's our next piece of equipment I've had to look up how to use some of this equipment though. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we'll look mis- at some of it. We're like, I don't understand what this is. So yeah, we're, neat, we're, though. we're putting some videos out. Uh, you know, we try to do individual pieces of equipment to kind of show how it works, but we have some good trainers in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, mm-hmm. Yeah. Give it, I'm gonna give a shout out to Cody and, uh, uh, 
Emily. Emily yeah. is in here. TJ, of course, and Chip trains some uh, folks. Brandy, James, yep. yeah. Uh, Ashley. Ashley yeah. Jones, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have some you have some beasts in here training some folks. I mean, there's some there's some jacked women and men that are. Do you, do you know what the coolest thing? We were talking about wrestlers earlier, not, not to mm-hmm. anybody, but uh, we hired three different wrestlers from the Rockwall area, and they uh, run our front desk. Uh, like some of the young guys, they're the best people in the world. Like we we found that getting people who were actually into fitness and you know wrestling or whatever, like they they help run our gym too solely and. Oh yeah, uh, so Ben yeah. and some of those guys. Well, you can tell they know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, there uh, there's some uh, there's another gym in the area. I'm not going to mention the name, but I I used to work out over there, and I know that most of the members from there are here now. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they see fl- the same people. Yeah, they, there was an exodus clearly, and then they all came over here, especially the serious lifters. The, pa- the pandemic was kind of a. Uh, it hurt us and it helped us all at the exact same time because we were, you know, we, we opened up and, uh, you know, yeah. so people started flooding over here just, just to support like, uh, America in a way. Right. Um, so, well, you, you were mentioning deadlifts earlier. You, how many platforms do you have out there for deadlifting? Uh, I, we, we made these homemade too. So yeah, there's like, I think there's like four, four platforms, yeah. one bigger one for like Olympic lifting and yeah. things like that. But well, you know, another thing I like you, what you do here and it's really cool. I, I mean, I'm, too old and beat up to to try this shit but you have you have a board up that has has records right and you have you have competitions that go on here every so often and that's really cool because people flock in here some just insanely strong people and they and they compete in their you know there's and, nothing like the record board yeah did you see it over there i didn't see it well we we okay. leave walk out i want to show it to I you i love record boards yeah yeah and people get really into it yeah like, yeah, yes. yeah. We'll, we'll do even do like a just uh something simple like pushing the sled yeah and oh. we've had competition on how much weight can you put on the sled or how fat can you know who's the fastest sled pusher for five rounds like yeah, yeah the, people get into it oh, like yeah. a grip competition yeah or... grip, exactly <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy how uh competitive people especially in our gym yeah oh god it, you know and one another thing i like that you do is we go back to community you really just promote family and community here hell you even have a santa claus that comes here and takes pictures with the kids around christmas you know they have a an all jack santa sitting out there in a suit (laughs) (laughs) he's just all sleeveless and ripped i'm I'm joking about sleeveless but you know and then you have all these other first responder events i mean i remember you had a firefighter event last year i believe and and you have other ones that are planned can you talk about those yeah so we I mean, it's it's one of our things that we find important is to actually build community. So you've got the the fire versus police. Yeah. Uh, like we we do that every year. So I, we did a paintball. Uh, you know, and it's fire versus police versus legends. We always get whooped, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they we did have the paintball. Uh, you know, yeah. we fighting each other, or we came in and did. Uh, you know, and I I did this. You're, you're how how many reps can you do with 185 on bench yeah. uh, within three minutes? Or and everybody really gets into that. Oh, and we ate donuts in between, which, <laughs> super which set donuts. Yeah, yeah. super yeah. set. You'd have to do the bench and eat a donut and then do the bench again. It was it's pretty funny. Put it's the like, donut on the end of the bar. Yeah. And, and you would think eating a, like a little sugary donut is no big deal, but when you're in the middle of doing like we would do squats and then go eat a uh, donut. Yeah. Have a mouthful of donut while you're benching. Yeah, yeah that's what I want to do. Yeah, we like doing the the events. 
events and uh, if we can get people to come, everybody's so busy in this gym. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why it's 24 seven. So but you have a good turnout though. I've, I've been up here uh, and I've been the firefighter event. There was quite a few folks that was all day long and you had all these tables set up selling supplements and, it was really successful. Yeah. It, it, we've been fortunate, especially with everything going on in the world, like yeah. getting people to actually come into the gym. Uh, and I heard people talking about like, they felt free and at home, like, yeah. like they got to come in and, and actually have community for once where everybody was been locked in their houses <laughs> forever, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the lockdown, whenever y'all just got this place set up <laughs> and then, had to immediately shut the doors. What were y'all thinking? Were you, oh shit, is it, how are we going to survive? We were kind of like everybody. We really couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And, you know, so it was unknown to us in the very beginning. We didn't, we, we sort of half shut down in the very beginning. Um, and then, you know, at some point they told us, okay, you have to completely shut down. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I was only open a week. And, uh, so everything to keep the gym running, we kept paying salaries, um, and we stopped collecting membership, uh, fees, which is unlike most of the gyms around, they kept, uh, charging people monthly, but we stopped that. So man, the fact that we survived that pandemic, um, I mean, it took every lick of money that I had in my bank account to try to like, you know, it, it was crazy. Especially just, just starting up. In Rockwall, when there's a lot of competition out here with other gyms, yeah, there's a lot it was of gyms rough, here. man. It, that that scared me bad because I I put you know we we all put everything into open up this gym. I mean TJ and Chip, we we put our whole lives into it, and then one week, and we had a grand opening. Like everybody came in, we had the chamber, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Nope, you gotta you gotta close." Well, when you reopen the doors, y- y'all didn't have. There was other gyms that reopened like a slow reopen and they had to wear masks and they had to set up times to come in and work out like you had to get on an app and, and make scheduled appointments who the hell has time for that and then also working out in a mask i don't recall y'all having the mask right from the get-go no i, don't, I mean I, I don't know how much i can talk <laughs> about can. We're, we're beyond the statute of limitations don't worry governor abbott don't give a shit <laughs> so, so i could tell you the story if you want to <laughs> yeah tell me all Go right ahead. so here's here's the real insight <laughs> uh so yeah so we opened up uh so they o- opened up theaters um before gyms, right? And yeah. the that lady, that hairdresser, I can't remember her name. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. She yeah. opened up her hair salon. And she was getting fined an insanely amount today. She's getting fined. Yeah. And now, then she got arrested yeah. and put in jail. And then Governor Abbott came out and said, well, we're not going to arrest any business owners uh, anymore. So we were like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and open. And <laughs> we figured, you know, we'd take the fine over. Uh, Damn. We'd take the fine over, like, the amount of money that we were putting out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, that gave us a huge influx of people. Like everybody's like, heck yeah, the gym's open. And so people were coming in from Dallas and checking out our gym. So like I said, it was kind of a blessing. And they came over and told me that we needed to shut down. And we said, well, we don't think we're going to this time. <laughs> and we did the first time because we really didn't know what the heck was Nobody going knew. on. Nobody knew. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the second time we were like, no, we're, we're going to – we were kind of part of the open Texas movement where we thought they were infringing on freedoms. Sure. Um, you know, and I think Governor Abbott finally got down that road. It took him a while, but I think he finally got down that road. <clears throat> yeah, everybody was finally realized this shit ain't 
this ain't gonna this ain't really helping as much as we thought no and gym transmissions it was that's it, not where people were catching it yeah. uh, they were doing it more at their family gatherings and things like that but gyms are you know uh, we have big ceilings uh, ventilation yeah. we even had people come in and spray the gym and all that crap and but yeah we didn't do mass or you know we we figured people were free americans and they were grown adults and if they wanted to, we didn't make fun of people if they were mass but we'd see people walk in and they'd They'd have the mask on and they'd look around for a second. Yeah. And then <laughs> you'd off. see it like slowly come yeah. down to their chin and, and then they're like, yeah. Then it's freedom. in their pocket. Yeah. yeah. And, or in the garbage. <laughs> so uh, first responders deal with a lot of daily stressors. stressors. Working out is a big deal. And that's how, that's one of my go-tos to for mental health and physical health. Why do you think it's so important for us? And why do you think we gravitate to that? Well, I mean, honestly, I'm dealing with some law enforcement classes for martial arts. Okay. And, um, you know, talking to those guys and seeing what, and because we work, we try to work real scenarios in the martial arts and try to use jujitsu in a way that, um, especially with the world, with the cameras and things like that. Yep. So we try to work on jujitsu that's like practical, but I, I'll hear the stories about the stuff that they're doing and they're staying up all night long. They're dealing with crazy people. Maybe they're psychotic or drug addicts or whatever. And, um, and I, and I train, uh, I train some DPS people and, uh, personal training, uh, in the gym. And, um, I'm like, a, I, I listen to them and sometimes I'm more like a counselor than I'm a personal trainer. And they'll even tell you that, like, you know, and I, I train a guy who was a former, uh, he was a former ranger and I was mm-hmm. telling the story about, you know, he dealt with the Oklahoma city bombing. I mean, so they're constantly, uh, they're working out, but it's also a place where they can kind of be free and uh, relax. And, and it's almost like a counseling session for them. Well, I think one of the things with working out is, and then also martial arts and jujitsu, it's not just physical. That's a mental workout, especially when you're doing martial arts and you're having to think about the movements that you're doing and whatnot. And it's, strenuous and you have to stick in there and you're mentally struggling through it and the more that you practice mentally struggling through something the more prepared you are to deal with stress in real life i I agree and it's it sort of makes you present so where everybody's kind of in their head about the struggles that are going on when i'm teaching a technique in jujitsu like they have to know we, we do especially with master machado i mean it's a very detailed technique and so we want them to learn it perfectly and so it, that for that one moment it's like a mountain climber where you know the only thing that a mountain climber's thinking of is making sure that they hang on for that next climb you know and so it's the same thing with jujitsu it's like they're you're so focused that you're able to let go of what's going on in your life and you get in here and you just get to be yourself for just a little bit it's we, so important. Oh, yeah. We had on uh, Brian Piccolo, uh, and shout out, Brian. He, he, listening to his mindset in, in, in training, because he was a, a walk-on collegiate wrestler, and he's two-time All-American, and he also – He's Misty. He's he's into. He got into jujitsu and yeah, and, and judo. In judo, and he actually sets up. He and two other guys in Oklahoma City. They set up a training, free training for other officers to come and show up. Their turnout isn't what they want it to be, but he said, you know, some people get humbled in there. You go in there and you you get humbled, and they don't want to come back. But other other officers and first responders, they'll go out to the pistol range and practice shooting if they're not good doing if they're not qualified that they don't have the score they want they'll go do that but when they come in there and get humbled by some of their peers it kind of turns them off and they inch away and 
you know, I don't, I mean, that's, that's, you want to get humbled there as opposed to your ass whipped out in the streets. Yeah. And this is actually a conversation we've had recently. Um, you know, so when, when I deal with the law enforcement guys on the mats, mm-hmm. um, I want to set them up for success, but at the same time, I want to put them to make them understand that, um, you know, a regular person on the street, they're going to be able to beat. But mm-hmm. there are, I mean, there's a lot of people now into martial arts. And so yes. we start showing them, okay, here's, here's what can happen. Um, and we teach them how to escape um, a lot of escapes or a lot of takedowns um, and a lot of pressure. But we do it in a way that's kind of, so if it's on camera, you know, it's not going to be something that gets them in trouble. It doesn't look as aggressive. It, it's yeah. not, a, it's yeah. more soft hand approach to right. it versus okay. like beating the crap out of somebody. Like you can take them down. Um, we, we don't do a lot of, we teach them neck restraints and all that just mm-hmm. so that, especially if it happens to them, they can get out. But most of the stuff we'll, we'll actually take it all the way to handcuffs. Okay. Um, wow. you know, so it's, you know, it's takedown to the mat putting pressure on them, controlling them all while not beating the crap out of them, just controlling them. And then all the way to handcuff, which, uh, master Machado, uh, is actually working on. So pretty cool stuff. We, we do. Uh, and I started out honestly with a couple of fate police officers. Um, and I was doing private lessons with one of them. And then the other guy was coming over on his own dime, yeah. uh, helping me with the kids class. Uh, John Cassane and uh, you know he he come over and help with the kids class and we just started talking about the need uh, for a law enforcement class so we just you know we just started one and now you know we've got people from DPS and the fate and Dallas PD and you know so it's it's kind of growing and we're going to do another one on Saturday mornings but that one where it's going to be law enforcement led so okay. two of our law enforcement guys yesterday under with Master Machado and our first blue belts in the gym this just shows you how much law enforcement and uh, the first responders are important to our gym they got their blue belts under Master Machado yesterday, and it's the first ones ever in my academy. Wow! And two awesome. law enforcement guys, Brian Debetsky and John Cassane. Yeah, so that like meant a lot to me, and they're they're both uh, fate police. So you realize you're providing a more of a training platform than I can speak for Dallas PD that they're offered. So the platform that you're providing here is you know fitness and this type of training. We don't have access to a gym like this and we don't have access to that kind of training, that intimate type of training. And so a lot of people may be intimidated to walk in here, especially women, because they're like, oh, this is an old school gym. This is a powerlifting gym. I don't want to go in there. I'm intimidated. I don't want to get, I don't want to lift heavy and get puffy. You know, that's always, a, but there's, this gym isn't intimidating. It, it, it feels welcoming. And then it even has some humor to it. I mean, back in the back room, you know, the party room, the hardcore room. <laughs> Tell us about the paintings on the wall because they made me smile. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're almost hilarious, yeah. you know. Just <laughs> yeah, my my brother like he my brother. So this is a family built gym. Uh, my my younger brother was a contractor, and so he helped you know bring people in. And then my older brother he did all the painting, and also he's an artist. So when we came up with the theme of the jungle, we sat and came up with different characters, and we actually built like. 
you know, he made like an ape that's like a bodybuilder <laughs> and like a monkey climb. So it, it kind of represents all the different body types in the gym. There's an yeah. elephant, you know, and then there's like the lions and lionesses. Panda. And panda. Yeah. yeah, there's, yeah. there's uh, over in the one. <laughs> yeah. There's a panda. Fight, uh, I think he's fighting an alligator. So it's in a, in like a, you know, a UFC arena yeah. in a cage. Uh, but then. They did pictures of us as uh, the wolf pack. I, I really don't I'm gonna, like I'm it. Gonna put I it. Think you know, I'll be doing legs because you've got the glute machines over there. And yeah. in between sets, I'm looking at it like, yeah. okay. Yeah. If, if you can figure out which one I am, then, you know, you win the prize. I'm going to figure that out now. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do, next time we do legs, we're going to be staring at it. When he did it, I'd, it's not exactly what I expected, but it was like, it looked like the human form of wolves. Yes, uh, yeah. it does. Yeah. But it looks like you guys. Brandy was the easiest yeah. that was what clued me off so well you see even the ones in the back you see shadows of people in the back of other animals in the background with their fist up yeah, <laughs> yeah it, my, he did really good he's a really cre- and then we put the graffiti too right so yeah and it, it's our if you look it's actually our motto you know it's legends fit is you know focus inspire transform so he he did like the graffiti around uh, just to kind of give and i saw that in a couple of gyms and i thought man you know that kind of gives it that in the morning at 6 a.m., everybody's in there, like, training, and we crank up the music. We don't really – like, if you don't like our gym, we don't want you to come. <laughs> like, go to Planet Fitness. Like, you right. come into our gym, we're going to work out, and we're going to crank up the music and, and enjoy ourselves. And I'd say – so, Joe's been working out 20-something, 30, 40? 30-something 30 30 yeah. years. I've been working out consistently probably for three. I have a coworker who's not as comfortable working out. She comes to the classes in the morning and she's totally comfortable at the classes. She's happy coming. I walk in and I'm not totally comfortable with everything, but I'm fine looking at something and trying to figure it out. I don't feel like I look stupid or anybody's judging me. And then you've got meatheads like Joe and all the other bodybuilders here that know what they're doing. So it really is comfortable for everybody. Like you walk in and it's easy to walk in here every day. It's not a chore to walk in to come work out. We, we have a couple of people in the morning that are like powerlifters that are the nice. I don't know if you guys know like Lance and uh, Jake that come in the morning, but they, they, so what's so cool is I'll be training a client that's like, you know, going from the couch uh, and now they're trying to transform and these, oh Lance Watson yeah Lance and Watson. I know he and his wife Lauren yeah, yeah, yeah shout so we, out we actually uh, we call him the mayor of legends because yeah. he there's not a person that he doesn't know he'll uh, walk around well and, I knew him back at the other gym that I'm not going to name the name of I knew uh, him, I knew him from from back there yeah, yeah so he you know so but what's really cool is like our I'll be working on deadlifts and it'll be really lightweight you know these guys are over there 600 pound deadlifts 700 yeah. pound deadlifts and. Uh, you know, our, my guy will be over there doing like 225 and they'll be cheering him on. And, yeah. and then we're talking about serious powerlifters or bodybuilders. And to me, that's exactly the culture. It's like a family culture. We're, we don't really care what you lift. As long as you're pushing yourself and you're trying to transform yourself, that's what we're looking for. We're, we want to be a supportive community for people who are, you know, serious about their fitness journey. It doesn't matter if you're a swimmer or, you know, you're a police officer just trying to survive on the streets or, you know, you're a bodybuilder who wants to become pro. Yeah. Like we want people in here that are intentional about their uh, journey and their transformation. Like we don't want just the, we, we, we do not want like the person coming in and looking pretty doing cardio, uh, you know, the kind of the douchebag people we, we want, yeah. you know, the cool. Well, as long as people are coming in doing something, you, you, can, you don't, everybody's got their own 
type of workout that works best for them. Most of my workouts are tailored to my many injuries over the years, you know, and it's a cross fittish type powerlifting style. I do a lot of stuff to failure, but there are certain things I cannot do because of my injuries. And Misty, she, Misty's bu- put her body through the ringer too, oh, playing, yeah. you know, playing basketball. She played basketball at OU. Oh, and, yeah, and That's she's a long time ago. <laughs> 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 so I don't need to owe no more. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, she, yeah, no, but it, our bodies wow. are beat to hell. Yeah, and uh, and and I come in and and, and really, there's so many different types of unique. Uh, pieces of equipment in here that really hits on every part of the body yeah well if you think about the people that own it yeah like we are into lifting and i'm into martial arts so when we come when we were building out the gym it's like what do we want to lift with like if we had an ideal gym what would it look like and what pieces of equipment and then tj is like you know he was a general manager for destination dallas for a while um so he's in and i don't know if you guys ever been there but mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a very similar type gym but you know he he knew he's an expert on equipment and things yeah. like that so we we really wanted to build something that's unique you you would have to drive to Dallas or you know Phoenix or you, you somewhere like a big city uh, with you know hardcore gyms to find something like it and you know Rockwall uh, you know we've got Fate and Royce City and yeah. all the way to Mesquite Garland and Plano, Garland yeah. like Rowlett. Rowlett. and we have people coming from Dallas and mm-hmm. or, or people who work at Dallas PD and they live in Rockwall so you know it gives an environment that you would have to go into a big city to go find there's a lot of folks that live out in Forney, and, and actually people live in Dallas still that drive all the way out here just to work out here. Which, to me, is like a testament to like what we ended up creating. But like it's it's exciting to me to hear somebody like, hey, I drove in from Fort Worth. I heard about your gym. I'm like, oh, wow, all right, you know, welcome. Have to get a Prius with the gas prices these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> get a hitch a ride. Yeah, these gas prices are crazy. Um, why is MMA – in, in jiu-jitsu, why, why do you believe that's so important for law enforcement? And, and is it too late for an older uh, law enforcement, you know, first responder to start? Well, we have we have a, actually a couple of guys that come in that are, you know, like John Cassane 62. Yeah. Wow. You know, and he's, uh, you know, he's an SRO. Um, he, you know, and he's actually used some of the stuff, you know, restraining people, um, but to me, like, and that was, that was my passion was like, you, you see, I saw a guy and I'm not going to name any names or mm-hmm. say even what agency, but I saw like a video of somebody, uh, doing a takedown and they were in the middle of one of the cities and they had a, a group of people around mm-hmm. them and they went and took the guy down and sort of took him down, but they didn't control him. And so he, ended up getting back up, ended up having to tase the person. Um, but if they would have known just a minor bit of jujitsu, um, they could have taken him down, put him in handcuffs and controlled the situation. So the way we teach it is not only do you take him down, but you're also keeping an eye out. Um, some of the, some of the combat tactics, like they'll teach them to hold them on their back. Well, if you're by yourself, um, you know, and you're laying on your back, well, you could be in trouble. You don't know if somebody's going to come up and kick you in the head. Uh, you don't know if somebody's going to come shoot you. Um, so everything we do, like we try to take it to handcuffs or we try to take it to where we flip them over or, or you know, we reverse them or some some way of like controlling the situation. Um, and not only do we teach jujitsu, but I also teach Muay Thai kickboxing. So if you're standing up and somebody's coming in and let's say they want to go to hands, 
um, you, you should be able to defend yourself in hands, but I, I, I teach them so they don't break their hands. Yeah. Um, you, you punch somebody in the face, uh, you might break your wrist or your hands. So we then you're out of the fight. You're yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So one hand police officer is not very effective. So yeah. we teach them in Muay Thai, we do a, a clinch. So you're grabbing around the head, you're pulling him down. You can, you know, if, if it's really a dangerous, if it's escalated, um, you know, you can use elbows or knees, um, and take them down to the ground. So, you know, if, if I can get them to the ground, that's where I want them. I can put them down, put them in handcuffs. We're good. But if we're standing up and we're in a fight, I want our officers to be able to come in, learn leg kicks, soften them up a little bit. So that way they can uh, restrain them and put them down on the ground by themselves, you yeah. know. Uh, and also if two officers are there, you know, we hear all the time, one, and I even watched a video the other day, somebody's, one officer is like kind of knowing what they're doing. The other one's standing back there like, dumbfounded that there's a fight going on and they're like like messing with their legs and you're like man if you would have just come in on the other side and held the person's arm you could have restrained them so well you look at it from a technical standpoint of from your background and you train this you know so you're looking at going ah come on yeah well it's tools so the more tools you have the more the more options you have in a situation so it's great that we have pepper spray it's great that we have taser it's great that we have 40 mil but when you're by yourself or it's two of you or it's three of you you the more options you have the longer you're staying in that fight and the better your outcome is going to be and what people don't realize is that's the better outcome for the suspect as well because if we can control you doing jujitsu or hand-to-hand or even our lesser force then we're not going to have to go to higher force but you're staying in a fight for five minutes, you're exhausted at some point, and at some point you're gonna be forced to raise your level of force because you just can't stay in any longer. So being in shape, being stronger, having better cardio, having jujitsu, all of those options increase the outcome or the likelihood of a good outcome in a force situation. You know what's exciting to me about this? And so you, you have all, you have the gym to be able to lift and get strong. You have the cardio to be able to get, and then you come in and you're able to actually apply it to your job. And we, we close the doors. Like we don't let other people yeah. other than law enforcement in that class, unless they want, if, if the police officers want to invite somebody in mm-hmm. to actually act like a suspect, which is good, right? You get right. a bigger guy come in and, you know, try to see if they can beat the techniques. But what, what I think is unique about ours and what Carlos Machado actually teaches is that we ask the officers to try out the technique to see if it's practical for them. Um, and we'll, we'll debate it. We'll sit in there. There'll be two or three officers in there talking about, well, I don't, you know, my knees hitting the ground or like if I have to take them down and, you know, like if they face plant, like, what is that going to look like? You know, those sort of, uh, conversations actually occur on the mat. And so we'll use, you know, my technical jujitsu or master Machado's, uh, law enforcement stuff that he's been teaching and we'll apply it, uh, with the officers and we'll troubleshoot it. Like, it's not just like, I'm going to teach you a technique and if it doesn't work and we'll try to blow it up. So we want it to not work. So that way we can say, okay, what happens in the case that, okay, I've been working this technique. I go down there and now it doesn't work. What, how's your response? So we get them in shape so they don't, you know, it's like the hundred second rule. Have you ever heard that? Like you're controlling a suspect for at least a hundred seconds that makes them get tired um, mm. or whatever. Ours is in under Master Machado. It's 
we're taking them to handcuffs as fast as we can. We're ending the situation, but here we actually get the, the officer to troubleshoot it with us. Um, even firemen should have the opportunity because what yeah. people they don't fight. realize is these firemen are on the, the scene a lot of times before PD and you have a lot of mental health issues. You, they have to control a subject and they don't get the training they need to do that. And, and they're put in a position where they have to control people before PD gets there. So I think they would benefit too from a, a lot of this. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, we actually were talking yesterday that teachers – uh, yes. the, mm-hmm. to the SROs tell they they teach something right now called CID or uh, but it's it's uh, a way to restrain uh, kids or whatever if they're acting out and apparently they teach and I saw some of the moves and it's like it's really antiquated old school like uh, I was telling you uh, Fuse Kise mm-hmm. my karate days way back I mean it's like yeah. old school hold the arm and try to hold them and the teachers are getting hurt sure. they're yeah. getting head butted and kicked and things like that and so the officers you know you have officers in the school but if they're not around the teachers yeah. have to restrain them so there's yeah, some big ass kids too well, yeah. and teachers have to break up a lot of fights yep. yeah they're, yes they're, and, and so they would benefit from some of those skills there's a 180-pound 10-year-old that sure. I was hearing about yesterday yeah. that was, like, <laughs> going crazy. You know, so, like, you, you know, those poor teachers, man, putting up with that stuff. But, yeah, I agree, the the law for, or the firefighters. And if there's some interest in that, we would obviously let people whose uh, job. But we kind of keep it – we want not the general public to come in and watch sure. the techniques because, yeah, right. you know, we want a, a place where people are comfortable to talk about the situations on the street that happened the night before, you know, and, and, and not to worry about, like, it – leaking out or whatever yeah or a version leaking out of actually uh, a version said. of it yeah we, your your mma room is totally closed off you used to have it out in into the main into by, it was next to the jungle room yeah and uh and by the kung fu panda that was over there in, <laughs> in, in right. the octagon <laughs> but you know i'm glad you mentioned the troubleshooting part because a huge part of what we do in law enforcement is optics right and somebody somebody a little small small snippet of a camera phone video uh, can make us look really bad and and taken out of context of of what the whole fight what actually went on the whole fight you know and if you look at most of the incidents that have occurred and they're calling it you know they're saying it was the police officer's fault but most of them they were actually either trained to do it um, and if if done right it's not going to actually cause somebody to die but that being said the way things are today we teach techniques where you know we train them to where okay we're going to go knee on belly not knee on neck mm-hmm. um, yeah. or maybe you're going knee on the shoulder blade not on the neck I mean there's different ways to do things where you're still getting the same effect um, you're just like if your body camera catches it, it you're seeing that oh and and actually like the theory is is if it went to trial or something somebody would go man I can't believe the constraint that that officer used to take that person using soft hands to control them I would you know and the jury saying oh I would have beat the crap out of that guy yeah. by now you know and that's what we want we want to give that effect where if the officer is doing everything they can to control the situation but they're also doing it in a way that doesn't really hurt the suspect and honestly keeping the officer safe as well in, right. in the process well keeping the suspect safe too though. I mean because yes there's some officers that we have a lot of restraint we have to have a lot of restraint and there's some suspects that could seriously get hurt, but we have our restraint, you know, and uh, and sometimes even that's they still get hurt. The officers get hurt. We have so many officers get injuries, you know, uh, serious injuries. We just had an officer tear his Achilles tendon fighting a guy, mm. you know, and that's you're down for a year at least. 
Well, and that's money. And yeah. so the, oh. the things that you've put in place are injury prevention as well, mm-hmm. uh, being in better shape, flexibility in some of these classes, um, nutrition. Those are things to, to keep from getting injured. Man, the stuff you guys wear. Right. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. I, so they let me put on one of the belts, you know, and it's like 50 pounds worth of crap on your on your waist. And it's uneven. It's, it's all, yeah. Yeah, it's just like terrible. And, you know, we're trying to actually do that with the, the jiu-jitsu as well. So you're trying to be agile and move around with this giant, like, bunch of stuff and at the same time you know weapon retention there's always a gun in the fight right as long as you're there there's always a weapon in the fight um and so learning how to protect you know you know that weapon the whole time so we have to teach techniques a little differently for law enforcement because we have to always keep in mind that we have weapons in the in the middle of the fight as well i was gonna ask you because it's one thing rolling in a gi it's Absolutely. another thing rolling with a giant gun and then a giant taser and then a vest on. And some of it, we give, if you've got your angel armor plates in, those are pretty stiff, oh, too. Yeah. So some of these rolling moves are going to be hard in that equipment. It's absolutely. So there's there's like the hip movement that you would normally do in the gi. Like you're trying to shift or move. Well, here you have to lift your butt up to get so the belt will actually move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's and just the I can't imagine going all day long wearing that and sitting in your car like how you guys I mean, y'all, y'all need our gym because <laughs> the back issues yeah. and stuff that you guys are dealing with. I mean, y'all, you guys have to be completely beat up at the end of the day, you know, it's one big plate of Mexican food away from just pinching your gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to loosen it a little yeah. bit yeah. and you're going to get some pinching on the, in that belt. <laughs> well, and think about it, too, though. We, we could drive around for a couple hours sitting sedent, you know, sedentary and then jump out on a just balls-of-the-wall fight and, and, and for several minutes on concrete wearing all that crap you know, with a suspect that's high on something, and they're not easy to control. And you look at the – so the, I heard SWAT actually will wear, like, the knee pads or they have yeah. some knee pads, which is good. But you get local law enforcement in here, and they're oh. they're not. They're wearing, no. you know, they're wearing or jeans. You know, some of these guys wear jeans. I wish we were. Patrol yeah. does not have knee pads. Just no. FYI. So, no. so I mean, that yeah. for for us when we're teaching martial arts, like that's the stuff that we have to keep in mind. Is like we don't want the officer getting injured in the middle of the fight. So, what are the ways that we can do that to actually keep them safe as well? But man, I don't know how you guys do it. Like yeah. it's it's pretty insane with the amount of equipment you have to carry around. And these suspects have unlimited energy sometimes. Yeah, they are not tiring out at all. And athletic ability. Yes. Yeah, and you know, they got us on an age. Yeah, and they're not wearing all that crap. And then they actually have they have a will to get away. They and don't want to go to jail. And how'd you put on all that muscle with this meth addiction you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's all lean. But you're talking about sitting in a car for eight to ten hours, and and the pressure it puts on your hip flexors from wearing the belt, and and you have an area where you could push a sled or pull a sled and. And those things are great for knees and hips and hip flexors. And, and actually, you have a pretty big space. I want to say 30 to 40 yards of turf that you can yeah, to work the sled area. Yeah. yeah, we do the battle ropes over there, kettlebells, uh, a lot of you know people doing core exercises and pushing the sled, pulling the sled. Um, we even have like a wall, a, a wall that's like for wall b- ball bouncing mm-hmm. the wall up against. I mean, we tried to think of stuff like if, if you wanted to come in and just work functional exercises, we wanted an area for that. So we even have like people who are football players who will come in and do agility drills uh, out on the AstroTurf. Uh, we thought that area was like 
a pretty important when we had the vision of this place. Oh yeah, no, that's great because you got people pushing the sled, you got people doing the ropes, the gymnastics, uh, gymnastics. Yeah, there's everything going on over there. Yeah, but, but that's a space where those things translate to some of our jobs, fire and PD. Yeah. If you go look over there, we even have the little the little uh, rope machine where that's, you're climbing. Did that's you try the one that? I had to look up. <laughs> yeah. I, I, how yeah. do you use this thing? Yeah, that one's pretty pretty interesting. But, I mean, you think about people who are constantly like, either saving somebody out of a building or, yeah. or, like, climbing upstairs or, you know, so there's a there's equipment in here. If they want to get in shape, they really don't have an excuse. You know, this is a good spot to do it. You mentioned competitions and a grip strength competition. Well, this job and fire is a lot of grip strength. And there's all kinds of, of, I don't know what you, equipment um, that you can work on your grip strength that uh, aren't in other gyms. Uh, th- that's right. I mean, all the, even just the back exercise equipment that we have in there for like the, the actual seated row type, yeah. it, it, they, it's different. Uh, it, you, get, you have to almost see it. It's really hard to explain it, but you know, you're, by the time you're done, your forearms and your your hands uh, in this gym, if you do a real back day in here, you're, I've actually done a workout with TJ where my hands were clasping up where I'm like, I, I can't even hold the dumbbell anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely have the, the grip strength stuff here. My forearms give out before my back does. Yeah, yeah. but that translates to your grip strength on your pistol, and, and, and that's going to affect your shooting and improve it. So mm-hmm. all of those things translate. And just other gyms don't offer those type of things. We're, we're really wanting to build this. And so this is this is like the call out to you guys. Mm-hmm. The more that you, you know, like, and I ask the officers all the time, like, tell us, tell us some stuff that we can do, um, even if, even if maybe we do it after hours um, here at the gym so that we can create more of an environment for y'all to train. Um, you know, and I, I was talking to a few of the DPS guys about stuff like that. And, you know, so I'm not done. This is like the very, like just the entry into Good. that. It's involving. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really starting to build. Well, on the, on, as far as the MMA, do you believe ego is, is, is something that prevents some law enforcement from coming in and training on that? And how do they overcome that? Yeah, it. The, I think the that's a great that's a great point. Uh, Master Machado's uh, it, when I first started jujitsu back in the early two thousands, uh, it, it we used to have a sign above the door that says "Leave your ego at the door," um, and you you'll leave your ego at the door whether you like it or not. Like that's that's a motto. But as soon as you get in there, people are gonna own you, especially you if you if you've never really done if, even if you've gone to the academy and they showed you a few jujitsu moves. You come in with people who are training on a regular basis. You think about it. You're training three, four times a week on how to fight, and then you come in, and you may not, you may have eaten too much, and you're out of shape. And I saw during uh, this this recent training event that Master Machado had for law enforcement. I saw a couple of uh, local PD people come in, and they had no training like absolutely whatever they did in the but like zero martial arts training um and they had the guts and the whole nine yards but they uh you know we try to do it in a way where they feel inclusive um that we can start out a little slow Uh, about two weeks into it people start feeling a little i mean you still get owned you just get used to getting owned um but we we try to teach them techniques in a way that 
really after the first couple of classes, they can walk out and at least most people they're going to be able to control. So we, we do try to keep that in mind when they come in, but yeah, it's the ego is a huge, can be a huge problem in martial arts. Well, it's better to get humbled in there than get whipped on Fox four news. And then you having to resort to something out of desperation that gets you fired or in prison. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you think about some of these incidents, like the Wolf City uh, incident where they, the police officer uh, ended up shooting the suspect at the gas station. Mm-hmm. He was supposedly what, one of the nicest guys in town, yeah. uh, but he bowed up. And because somebody's scared or, you know, and I, don't, I don't know the whole case, but like somebody's scared um, instead of having a little training um, so that you don't have to necessarily get fear, you know, mm-hmm. you know, okay, if the, this guy approaches me, I'm going to do this uh, simple takedown. Uh, hold them down and you know cuff them and all that but you know we 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 try to actually train these guys so that when they're they're confident like you get beat a little bit you start building your confidence up then you start getting a little more technique and they're like oh you know if man if i can reverse a a blue belt in jujitsu than a normal you know suspect on the street then i'm going to be able to take him down well the, yeah go there is it's okay to you want to learn from that defeat you know and 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 Misty was Golden Gloves boxer, okay, and she and she trained. That was a long time ago. There's a lot. <laughs> you keep she, saying that. Yeah, yeah. a little scared. <laughs> she trained. She trained to get some men, and she went into like how hard that was. And but a lot of people would like pack it up and leave. All right, I I'm out, you know, and leave. But that motivated her. But she's a rare animal. Yeah, go home at night and you can't chew your food. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I want I want women officers to, and, and fire to to listen to this and. And be able to make that initial step to come in and say, teach me, make me better. Because that's, that's the hardest part is that first step to get in here. And, and so how does anyone sign up for some of these classes? How does it work? Um, so we, we have a very good discount for law enforcement. Um, and we also, like, it's part of your gym membership, too. So that part of it should be pretty easy because you're not going to find a martial arts studio for what you guys are paying. Yeah. Uh, and, and we, I'm even working on the Adopt-A-Cop program for BJJ where, yep. you know, you give a scholarship and that kind of stuff. Um, hey, explain that just a little bit more. That way the listeners will, will understand yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just now okay. I'm just now getting into okay. it with them and signing the paperwork and okay. all that. But, um, you know, it's, it's supposed to be really deep discount for an officer and you actually give them a scholarship scholarship all the way until their blue belt so yeah so you pick you you pick a certain officer to come in and then you sponsor them all the way up until their blue belt so that it's called adopt a cop uh bjj um and you know that's the kind of stuff that so so just your to your answer as far as getting them in the door um one of the things that you can do that i've done with other officers is i did one-on-ones with them um and that honestly that gets i build their basic skill set and so, you know, we do that for a little bit until they get confident enough to walk in. Um, or you could get like you and your partner um, or maybe a couple of people if you wanted to come in and do like a small group setting. Um, we, we can do stuff like that. And I, I, I give a way better discount on like those kind of private lessons with people than, um, you know, for the normal people out on the street. Do they sign up online or do they call or they walk in? Uh, you can just walk in. Yeah, okay. the front desk uh can sign them up but you know make sure that you tell them that if you're a first responder um or your law enforcement or whatever let them know that because yeah. there's giant giant discounts for for you guys yeah uh one thing i like what you do is why why do you believe 
BJJ is important for kids. You, you train a lot of kids. I'm actually going to get my sweet Carmen in here. Yeah, I love I love the kids. Like the the program that we have is for anti bullying, um, and not only do you uh, teach them, you know, not to be bullied, yeah. um, and give them the confidence to stand up to uh, for themselves and for other people, but you also teach them not to bully other people. So when they're in here, I'll sit down with them, and we'll you know we'll. Well, first of all, just so you guys know, we do the Pledge of Allegiance and the Texas Pledge of Allegiance. I've seen it. Every time we come in, nice. that's, we start off with that. And I actually teach them to march. Um, I'll have them, you know, do like military march uh, up in front of the, the flags and all that. But we're teaching them self, you know, self-discipline and respect, respect for the teacher. But also, like, we want them to be that influence in the school where it's like, it's not okay to bully another kid. And I, I mean, and really that whole program. So a lot of these gyms, nothing wrong with them, but they're like real competitive, go put them in BJJ and let them go get trophies and all that. That's great unless you're out on the street. And so our gym is a real practical gym. We want the little kids, if somebody attacks them on the playground, they're not just going to sit down and try to like do competition with them. Like they are actually able to defend themselves um, and, and protect themselves where a lot of these gyms is just about competition. We're actually about real practical use if somebody attacks them. And I think for all kids, but also especially little girls, it's really important to have that confidence and that body autonomy. And so like know that you can protect yourself and this is your space and you can it's only you're the only one that gets to defend it well, who, who, or you're who, the only one that gets it is it you that was telling the story of the person that uh, that was into basketball and they ended up going back into wrestling so that, that was they, me that was yeah that was pick that was piccolo's yeah it was Brian Pic- yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean that's a, a uh, if you want to talk about that that's a great example it's like that confidence that you get from being on the mat or from jujitsu it carries into the real world like even when they get older and they go into job interviews, there's something to know that you can carry yourself or defend yourself that you walk in and people don't intimidate you. I mean, what Piccolo talked about, it, it builds, you know, humility and impatience. I mean, this is a guy that he went through, sni- he went through sniper school, which went against everything that he, that he had trained up to that point, right? Because of his, he's an aggressive wrestler, right? And that was his, in your face style of wrestling and fighting yes. like he was very and then to be a sniper physical. misty misty knows it you, you have to be super patient it's a more of a finesse yeah well and so is the motor the the motor school yes. it's very finesse and, and he passed that too and the daughter his daughter was talking about she had lost her edge playing yeah. soccer and yeah. she put herself back into wrestling to regain her edge which is i think that's what you're talking that's about. exactly yeah it, yeah so i i think uh, you know martial arts gives little kids the ability to have confidence in themselves. They also can be there when their little friends or even their siblings are getting picked on. Um, and they can have the confidence. And we teach them actually to walk away from situations when mm. it's unnecessary to fight. Um, but if they get pushed into a corner and somebody's trying to hurt them, how do they get out of it? And we're always one step less than what the person that's, you know, that's the martial arts way. It's like, if somebody's coming to hurt you, you walk away. If somebody's coming to main, main you, you hurt them. If somebody's trying to kill you, main them. Like, so that's the kind right. of the simple rules in martial arts. We teach them, you know, you have the skill set to actually control the situation. So you come in and you're doing it in a way that you're not trying to hurt. You're just making them know that, you know, you know what you're doing. Um, and that can actually end a lot of conflicts in school. 
Yeah, I believe I believe that also just it it instills structure for the little kids too, and they grow up with it. And bullying right now is so prevalent, you know, it with in schools and and with kids, especially especially girls. That, wait until you see you – you guys have to look at the picture of Master Machado with the yeah. – the, the, we call her Junebug. Mm-hmm. But she's a little bitty girl who is absolutely, like, so disciplined, so solid in martial arts. And seeing this little girl, uh, like, take on the boys, um, it's really inspiring. And, you know, knowing that later in life, like, she's going to be able to carry that with her. I mean, heck, she might end up in law enforcement or something. I mean, she's she's pretty tough. So wait until you see that picture. I just love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be posting that pic. Yeah. I'm going to post uh, several other pics from the gym today. This is going to air later on, but I'm going to be posting some coming soon. And that picture of that little girl with Master Machado, it, it's it's incredible. It really is. It's yep. old. Did You grew up in a small town, right? Yes, is I there, did. Are there three of you, three boys? Uh, as far as my family, mm-hmm. yeah, there's, uh, I have two brothers and a sister. Okay. Yeah. So little family, uh, out in Cumbie, Texas with a graduating class of nine people. Wow. So coming from that, the small town air force, what is your why? Because you're doing a lot here. Uh, well, I, I was in a defense contractor for like 22 years, uh, and I was a chief information officer for L3, uh, for 14 of that. Um, but yeah, my why is to, to I, I, I'm inspired every day to wake up and to do something better for myself. Um, and you see so many people right now in the world that like they're, they're down there. Um, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anger going on. Um, I want a place where people can feel at home where they have family. Um, even if you don't have family, you know, they can all come in here. Uh, they get inspired. They have a reason to wake up. They have people that have their back, um, especially you guys. Like, you have a place where you have, I, I don't know how many agencies in here at once. I mean, you could have FBI and SWAT and Dallas PD and, you know, Rockwell all working out in the same, or in, like, even the uh, the county judge working out all at the same time. But I wanted to, like, create an environment where people felt at home and they also could transform their lives and maybe live a little longer. That's amazing. It is. Aaron, uh, I think it's a perfect way to wrap it up. Yes, sir. Um, I met you through my buddy, our buddy, Alan Mason. Shout out, Alan. He's going to be punching the steering wheel that I gave him a shout out. But (laughs) I'm so glad that he introduced us and introduced me to this gym. Uh, I've gotten so much out of this. I love it. And I've I've told so many people, uh, first responders, fire and police, about this gym to get their ass over here and, and get into this. And having people like you and TJ and Chip and all your incredible trainers, we're in good hands to stay healthier and safer. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, brother, hey, sister, I'll never give up on you. Hey, Mrs., hey, mister, I'll see this all the way through. No matter how far the sun and the moon I'll never give up on you Down when you're lonely I'll pull you up Life leaves you heavy when the going gets tough 
I'll never give up on me. 